This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, Episode 16. More and more schools are go are understanding the value of having a full-time certified strength coach. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Head Strength and Conditioning Coach at NSCA Headquarters, Scott Caulfield. With me today, my guest, Micah Kurtz from AC Flora High School in South Carolina, also the NSCA's South Carolina State Director. Coach Kurtz, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Honored to be on. Appreciate it. We are here at the 40th anniversary, the NSCA National Conference. You just got done uh, bright and early career talk appreciate you doing that uh even had a decent crowd at 7 30 so you got some people out of their out of bed for sure i was i was definitely honored to be asked to present at the national conference and then when i saw my thomas time slot i got a little nervous and was like jeez it's 7 30 a.m on a friday morning in vegas uh i might be just uh speaking to myself but it was awesome to see the the amount of coaches, uh, a lot of young coaches that came out that are interested in the high school profession, and uh, hopefully I did them justice and and made them validated their interest in wanting to get involved as high school strength coaches. Yeah, I thought that was great. Uh, there were a lot of younger coaches out. What were uh, like some of the common questions? You had a bunch of people waiting for you after the talk. What were some of the questions people were looking for? Yeah, a lot of them just wanted to understand like in the areas that they are they don't have a full-time strength coach at any of the schools and they're like how do we how do we just go about getting involved in a school that doesn't have a program and a lot of them were master's level students and I was like just really need to go to those schools and introduce yourself to the coaches and athletic directors let them know what you do what your master's program is what your career aspirations are and just volunteer your time and just be an extra set of eyes for those sport coaches that are running their strength program and just be an extra set of eyes, try and input some of your knowledge and your value in the program. And then hopefully when you are graduating, you've developed a great relationship with the athletes, you've developed a good relationship with the coaches. And they're like, hey, we need to hire you. We, we, we need to bring you on. And I think that's just a, the trickle down effect of what's gonna happen with more and more high school strength coaches getting hired full time as the athletic directors and administration seeing the value that we as qualified strength coaches can bring. And um, I mean, obviously it's awesome and you need to you need to gain experience from, from high level strength coaches, college strength coaches and get that practical experience. But at the end of the day, at the high school level, the coaches that are making the hiring are the athletic directors and the sport coaches. And you just need to also cultivate those relationships with those so they can see the, the, the value that you can bring them by being a certified and qualified strength and conditioning professional. Yeah, and you've been a strength coach at the high school level for eight years now. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into your position, you know, how you developed your position. It's just strength and conditioning, right, not teaching. So maybe a little bit, too, about the difference, how some more and more schools are going that route where they just have a strength coach. For know. sure. So so I'm originally from upstate New York, and uh, 
went to a small D3 school in uh, at Cortland State in, in Buffalo, New York, played football, got my undergrad degree in physical education. All of my biggest influences in high school, I played three sports, football, basketball, baseball. My PE teachers were my coaches. They were my biggest influences. I knew, realized at a young age, probably 10th grade or so, that my goal of being a professional athlete wasn't happening, but I knew I loved sports and wanted to continue to be involved in sports. And so my biggest mentors and influences were my my PE teachers and my coaches. So I was like, I will go do that. So got my undergrad degree in physical education and got a job got a job teaching phys ed and coaching. I coached three sports right out of college in, in Baltimore, Maryland. And just because I was fresh out of college and played a college sport, I became the school's de facto strength coach. And as I started doing that, obviously I enjoyed training um, while I was in college and while I was in high school. But as I became the school's de facto strength coach, I just really realized that that was my passion. A GA for sure, so applied for GA positions all across the country. Ended up getting a couple offers, got a graduate assistant strength position at the University of South Carolina. Came down there, had an awesome experience working with some unbelievable strength coaches, Billy Anderson, Pat Moore, Dan Austin, John Vaden. And as I was finishing up, the, a local principal and local football coach got to know them through mutual acquaintances. They reached out to me and were like, we're trying to create the school's first ever strength and conditioning program. Would you be interested? And I talked to my boss, Billy Anderson. I was like, hey, I got this offer. What do you think? And told him about the opportunity and the school and, and the salary actually. And Billy, he had been a director of working with, directly with South Carolina's baseball team and been there for 10, 12 years. And it was like, you're gonna be making more money than I am. You need to take that position. So anyways, long story short, I took it and thought I'd do it for a year or two and try and get back into the collegiate level and just uh, really have fallen in love with being at the high school level and the impact and the value that you can have on your, not only your athletes and students, but also on the school culture and, and, and the value and impact that you can have in the entire community, including the parents and everybody involved in the school. It's unlike any other, and I think the high school level is just a tremendous, tremendous opportunity to, to have that value. And so. My position was created because actually our principal had just gotten hired as the head principal at my school. He came from Burns High School, which is a traditional big football powerhouse in the upstate of South Carolina. And he, um, Mike Schrock was the, is the strength coach at Burns High School and just did an unbelievable job. And so my principal was an assistant principal there and just saw the value that Coach Schrock brought and was like, we need to create this at our school. And so he created it and, and it's been an unbelievable experience ever since. And, and I really have fallen in love with the high school level. That's cool. And um, you talked a little bit about in your career talk how there's different uh, kind of ways that these high school strength conditioning positions are set up and different pay scales. Talk a little bit about uh, some of that research that you, you know, you just kind of looked into it when you were preparing for this, but what you found out about, you know, how coaches are paid in high school and the differences and potential earning possibilities for salaries. For sure. So more and more schools are go are understanding the value of having a full-time certified strength coach and 
you'll if they hire you full-time you're hired as a full-time teacher and then you'll also get a supplement or stipend added on to that be for being the school's strength coach and running the strength program you run more and more of these schools have their athletes coming in all the all throughout the day but also as they have more athletes they also have to accommodate them before and after school so you'll get an extra supplement or stipend for running the programs after school and then obviously running the program throughout the summertime so um i did a survey and it was like 45 percent of the of the coaches that filled out the survey made over fifty thousand dollars or above it was like 33 percent made between 50 and 75 thousand then another 12 or 13 percent made seventy five thousand dollars or above when when you take into their teaching salary and their their coaching stipends and so a lot of these schools are really pouring a lot of money into their facilities and understanding the importance of hiring these qualified strength coaches and they're getting paid accordingly i know a couple coaches in 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 south carolina that make an additional twenty eight thousand dollars on top of their teaching salary to be the school strength coach they get a seven thousand dollar supplement in the fall winter spring and summer and so will you get rich being a high school strength coach no probably not but can you live pretty comfortably yes definitely and the again the value that you can have on your school and community is i think it's second to none at any level and your job security is is much much higher at the high school level i've we've gone through a lot of coaches we've just hired our fourth football coach and if i've and I work directly with football. If I was working directly with football at a collegiate level and we gone through four football coaches, would I still have a job? Right. Probably not. Right. So, And now some of these coaches that are getting hired, the administration and athletic director are reaching out to me and saying, hey, what do you think about this candidate? Do you think they would be a good fit in our school and our school culture? And so now I have a little bit in, input on who's getting hired. And again, at the collegiate level, you don't have any type of that yeah. th- that type of administrative uh, roles or any type of that autonomy to run your own program and actually have a say in who's getting hired. And so I think that's another one of the unbelievable benefits of being at the high school level. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think that's also obviously a testament to your you know ability to work with the athletic director and build relationships with other coaches, getting involved in that. What uh, what are some of the um, challenges that you see though you know obviously kind of getting awareness to other schools but what are some of the other challenges that you might be facing as a high school strength and conditioning coach it definitely I mean so we have athletes of and some of them you can't even recall athletes they play the sport <laughs> but they don't have an athletic bone in their body but I mean uh, for the most part, most of you, most of the athletes in my school do an unbelievable job in our, our strength program. But we have to meet the athlete where they are, and you can't just have a uniform program and have all the athletes doing the exact same movements because there there's so many a wide range of training age levels and actually birth year age levels, yeah. wide range of relative strength levels, wide range of movement competency. So. If we're squatting, we can't have all of our athletes performing a back squat. So we need to really differentiate our program to meet our athletes at the individual needs. And then we have large groups training at once. And many times it's just just myself or maybe hopefully an intern or a sport coach in there with me for an extra set of eyes. But you have a wide range of athletes 
all in your weight room and sometimes a very tight space and being able to program something to meet those athletes at their individual needs is always a constant challenge, uh, but it definitely makes you become a better strength and conditioning coach where trying to figure out ways to maximize the potential of all your athletes and progress them according to their strength levels and movement competency levels. Yeah, that's cool. So what do you guys have? Do you have, are you using some kind of block tier system? Like what do you do to differentiate kids when they're freshmen uh, and kind of progress them through the ranks? Exactly. So we we, per, we design our program off of the modified tier system, which is a, um, a very, very easy and very thought out way to program your programming. I think it's for a lot of coaches, it's very easy to understand why you're programming it like that. And then we block, break our athletes down into blocks zero through four. And they progress through those blocks according to their movement competency. We have some assessments where they have to pass the move, um, some like movement assessments to move on from one block to the other. And then they also move on according to their relative strength levels. And so they're always continually being challenged to to meet the next developmental block training program and it allows our athletes to continually continually reach for new goals in the training program and being continually challenged while they're being met at their their individual needs at that time of their training cycle that's great and um You've worked, obviously, you got some novice athletes, you work with some higher level athletes, you also consult with Oak Hill Academy, where you get some real, real studs, I assume. Um, is it hard as a strength coach for you, you know, to to kind of switch back and forth between the real fundamental beginner athletes and the higher level athletes, or are they still not necessarily that much higher level that it's not that difficult no uh, honestly the the athletes that i work with at oak hill so i mean they are the best of the best basketball players in the country um and a lot a lot of them don't come to oak hill until their junior or senior year and when i get them and go through our programming with them they have absolutely no concept of of proper fundamental movement skills and squat patterns and hinge patterns and lunge patterns so many of them while they're highly highly skilled basketball players and unbelievable athletes they don't have any understand they have never been in a real strength and conditioning program don't have any concept of proper fun they've never been taught any proper fundamental movement skills so those athletes i'm teaching them when they're 16 17 18 years old these movements and at ac flora we've been able to expand our program now where we're actually bringing a lot of our fourth and fifth graders over two days a week throughout the throughout the school year and they're learning those fundamental movement skills and those squat patterns and lunge patterns at that young age so now for the most part, a lot of those when they're coming to me in ninth grade are much, much more advanced than a lot of these unbelievably skilled basketball players, but they've never really been in any type of unified strength and conditioning program. And just you're starting from block zero with those athletes, which is which is. You don't think about it like that because these right. these guys are going and yeah. they're playing. At, we just, I just went to summer league yesterday and three of them were playing in summer league just 
three years removed from Oak Hill, four oh. years removed from Oak Hill. So it it's 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 something that you don't expect to see that these you think these are they're the best athletes in the, in, in the country that you would think that they can perform a great squat pattern and lunge pattern but unfortunately they just have never been taught it really right wow that's huge that's great that you guys are getting them started so young how uh was that kind of your doing or you know collaborating obviously with some middle school teachers and athletic directors how did you get that uh started to get into the fourth and fifth graders yeah we just we i mean we have an unbelievable community uh in columbia south carolina we're very very supportive of athletics and very supportive of the coaches and so when i first got there i just started obviously i started just working with the high school athletes and then we progressed to bringing over our middle schoolers we started bringing over our eighth graders two days a week then next year we progressed to moving our set bringing our seventh and eighth graders over two days a week and then and then we continually progressed and the middle school coaches were getting more more interested in what we were doing and collaborated with them on on what i thought would be good movement patterns to teach in the physical education class in the middle schools and and then as i got more involved in the community and more and more of the athletes that I were working with at the high school level, they had younger brothers and sisters, and their parents were like, hey, do you do anything with with fifth graders? Do you do anything with fourth, fifth graders? And so we just started bringing them over two days a week, something we call Fast Camp, F-A-S-S-T, Future Athlete Speed and Strength Training classes, and just teaching them the fundamental movement patterns and just really, really expanding it now to these younger athletes. And and it's it's been awesome to work with them because now, I mean, we started probably about four years ago, and now some of these guys and girls that I started working with as fifth graders, now they're starting to come to me as ninth graders and just seeing... Wow. Hopefully, they're much more evolved in in their movement skills, and and hopefully it's gonna it's gonna increase their sports performance and their athletic performance. And it's really, I mean, so it just really just morphed into that, just from parents asking about it and middle school coaches being very involved. And it's it's makes a lot of sense because I mean, so football is king in South Carolina, and and many of the best football programs like like Burns High School and Dutch Fork High School, like they. Their feeder programs, their their Pop Warner programs and middle school programs and JV programs are running the exact same football terminology and football schemes and offensive and defensive X's and O's as their high school team. And so now when these kids get to the, the high school, they wanna they don't gotta learn a new terminology for for the offense or X's and O's for defense. They've been learning it at more of a fundamental level all the way for the past four or five years. And now these kids, when they get to high school, they know that offense and defense like it's the back of their hand and then they can play faster and they play faster, they play better. And and those teams, those schools are predominantly the best football powerhouses in, in the state. And actually our baseball coach started doing, I started doing something like that as well with his baseball program. And he's won four out of the last six state championships. And people think, oh, well, he just gets, the, our community just has the best baseball player. No, he's he does something called DBL, Developmental Baseball League, yeah. and he's teaching his guys and his guys exactly what he wants from a very young age. So when they get to him, it's yeah. they understand his coaching philosophy. Yeah. They understand why they had to hit the cutoff man right there. They understand yeah. why they're not supposed to take an extra base in that situation. Yeah. And 
the proof is in in the results they they win and so why as strength and conditioning coaches would we not try and really evolve our program to to reach our athletes at a, at a younger level and it's been awesome to work with these kids from a younger level and really just get to know them from a young age and now now when they're coming to me i just have they they move better and i also have a better relationship with them as well and and hopefully can maximize their their athletic potential and their and just their potential as as a good person yeah you guys are and just the, the fundamental sport skills there that the sport coaches are hoping to implement with those programs exact same thing for you fundamental movement patterns so that they move better that's huge um so yeah you guys you mentioned baseball teams really good you guys have won a lot of championships in different sports and individual sports what are some of the kind of takeaways or you know things that you've learned from some of these great sport coaches that you've been around too yeah i've been i mean i've been blessed to have some unbelievable sport coaches and 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 strength coaches and and i think like just working with 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 oak hill academy with coach smith and their first assistant coach mara i mean i've become a 100 better coach from being around them and i've become a better strength coach from being around them even though they're not strength coaches because just being able to watch the they get they get a lot of new players every year and just being able to watch them and learn observe them and see how they can gel and mesh their team year in year out and create buy-in and create ownership from from their new athletes every year and it's 100 true athletes players kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and that's something that i really learned from from a lot of coaches including coach smith and coach Mario at oak hill is is just figuring out how to how to engage your athlete and figure out what makes him or her tick and and once they know how much you care it, it makes your job much easier for you to be able to coach them up and maybe give them some hard coaching when they need it but they know that you have their best interests in mind yeah that's i mean it's it is funny it's such a cliche but it's the most true statement in the world right like yeah, there's I mean, nothing more uh right on the money than that saying yeah it's not even close and i mean I, I you hear coaches sometimes talk about hey kids are different nowadays kids are different nowadays they're not like we were when we were growing up they're not they're not as tough they're not as can't take hard coaching well i mean that may may be true i mean just because you have coach in front of your name now doesn't mean you tell the guys to get on the line and run until that you until until you say stop they may not they may not do that as readily as they did in the past but if you spend a good time cultivating a relationship with them and they understand everything that you're doing is to improve them as a person as an and as an athlete for the most part they're going to buy in and do whatever you say it's just they need to understand that you have their best interests in mind and you can't just be maybe that old school tough right. co- i mean a tough coach that doesn't yeah. shows they don't care i yeah. mean you're still going to be tough on them, but you also they, they need to understand that you have their best interests in mind. Yeah, no, 100%, especially kids today. Uh, um, so you mentioned, too, you know, you've had some strength and conditioning mentors. Um, how did you kind of first meet some of these people who you consider your mentors in strength and conditioning, and how have they influenced you? 
Yeah, so first at, at University of South Carolina, I mean, I was blessed to work with some unbelievable strength coaches. Billy Anderson, who's now the director of Olympic sports at South Carolina, he's been working with the baseball team for close to 20 years now. And I mean, obviously a ton of success at two, two national championships, I believe. Um, and then Pat Moore was there when I was there, who he's moved on. He went to Louisville and then Texas. And now I believe he's at South Florida with Charlie Strong, unbelievable strength coach to learn from. And then Dan Austin, I mean, he's a legend in the powerlifting field. And he's been at South Carolina for now close to 20 years. And just being able to just observe them and they all have completely different coaching styles and just being able to learn from them and pick and choose what what's going to work best for me for me for me and for my coaching style and then just I mean I've been CSCS certified for now 12 years or so and when I first got it I didn't really I attended conferences but really just sat in the back and and just observed and took notes and really didn't network or meet with any of these coaches and just in the past four or five years I've just really become more intentional about networking and I've become so so much better of a coach in the past four years by just networking and meeting coaches and reaching out to them um, and especially I mean at the high school level there's so many unbelievable strength coaches uh, coach Schofield and uh, and coach Eves just learning learning from them about program design and specifically at the high school level they're so detailed in designing their program through that block zero through four and really meeting their athletes at different levels and then coach Garrish uh, and all he does in North Broward Prep with, with 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 promoting his athletes through social media I mean they they've been unbelievable influences coach Jacoby is one of the best strength coaches also outside of Atlanta and just really just by coming to these conferences and meeting them become such a better coach and then also I mean also in the past few years I've I mean I guess I'd I'd say I'm a I'm a more of a in, quiet person and introverted person and don't it's not natural for me to just go out and reach reach out to people but I've become more intentional about it and I mean I've reached out to legendary professional coaches that I had no never met before no affiliation with and just like coach for am for the Miami Heat like my brother lives in South Florida I was down there visiting him I had never met coach for um, just reached out to him on LinkedIn this was about four years ago and was like hey I'm in town high school strength coach I'd love to come and learn from you nothing and I'd ever hear back from him and and he hit me back he's like he's like hey yeah come. it was like April and he was like come by this time uh, park in the players lot and and we'll come in and talk and so I mean pulled into the players lot of Miami and parked next to these Bugattis and Maseratis <laughs> in my beat up car and then hey, I'm here to see coach Fran and the security guard was like yeah the weight room's down there third door on the right just go on in and walked in and LeBron James is standing five feet away from me training and coach Fran sat took me in there and sat me down and talked about everything he's done with the heat for the past 25 30 years or however long he's been there and now oh since that time I've I've reached out to him plenty of times and he's been a great resource and great mentor and then just reaching out to since I reached out to him reaching out to more and more pro coaches and they've 
they're so quick to share their knowledge and share what they do. And I think that's the best thing about this profession. One of the best things about this profession as strength coaches is we're so eager to share share what we do and there's no real egos. And I mean, that's just completely different than sports coaches. You don't see right. this type of collaboration about talking about what they do in their program. I mean, obviously, they don't want to share what they're doing with their program. They don't want those <laughs> those those programs catching up with them. But that's not really what it is at the high or at the in the strength and conditioning prof- profession. These yeah. coaches, like at this conference, I mean, they're so everybody's so eager to share what they're doing, and and we as strength coaches need to network and reach out to them and that's something that I didn't do when I first started as a strength coach and yeah, yeah. in the past four or five years that I've done I've just become such such a better coach yeah I love that that's what I love about mean one the NSCA I think with its kind of grassroots starts and definitely the people who like you said the people most people are very willing to share their knowledge especially the people that are that don't have anything they feel to hide right or the ones that want to continue to give it along i think uh actually coach ferran is at like this is the 40th annual i think he's like literally attending the 30 39 out of the 40 national conferences yeah. i mean talk about a pro yeah right? that's what i saw him. i saw him in may and he was like i'm not sure if i'm gonna make it he's like i've been to 39 in a row yeah. i'm like it's the 40th you gotta make it and then yeah and then he, t- he told me a few days ago he's like yeah i'm gonna be there so i mean he's i mean he's an absolute walking legend he and, is the man. and they, i mean he's he's always in he's so down to earth and humble and and he's always like you said he's so so quick i mean he hadn't didn't i was a nobody i'm a high school strength coach that never met him and he sat me down and talked to me for an hour and a half and now he's been a huge resource and that's i mean i see that with a lot of i've, I've gotten to know a lot of the pro nba strength coaches and and they're just super down to earth and humble and and it's awesome to see that be able to collaborate with them and that's what this profession is all about yeah that's so cool and i know that like you i'm sure like me too when we have those experiences now we are the ones that are like we have to pass that exact same thing on to these other interns or gas or whoever that reach out to us because someone like that who is far bigger time than we are so to speak you know and we're like blown away like how can you not when some intern or somebody that doesn't know you reaches out now you know when you think back about that experience and how it shaped your career and how you shaped about how it how you makes you think about this profession (laughs) yeah it's not even close and i mean and i've i mean there's nothing worse i've sat in some presentations where where the presenter gave an unbelievable presentation he's like hey reach out to me uh if you have any questions and you reach out to them and and they never respond i mean that's you don't don't be that guy i mean this profession i mean you're not in it for yourself for sure you're not in it to get rich it's it's really Really all about making your athletes better and then and giving back to the profession yeah um, all right got some fun kind of go-to questions here that I tend to go to people that have been listening to the podcast will re- recognize but how about any three or up to three dead living or fictional characters that you'd like to have a conversation with yeah I knew this question was coming I definitely thought about it for a little while I mean number one I mean definitely I, I love to meet and have dinner and have a conversation with Jesus Christ I mean he's the only person who 
who walked this earth that 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 was perfect and, and never sinned. And obviously, I'm a believer and I, I, I love love God, love Jesus Christ, but I, I'm a I'm a I'm a constant sinner. So I mean, <laughs> to be able to sit down with him and, and and talk to him about his struggles and and how he dealt with them, I mean. I mean, that would be number one for sure. And then number two, uh, definitely Michael Jordan. I mean, I'm a huge basketball fan, a huge Michael Jordan fan. I mean, the guy's the, hands down the greatest basketball player that ever lived. I know there's some some <laughs> some people are talking about other guys that might be, be able to be with him, but he's he's definitely the best win, the biggest best winner. I mean, six yeah. straight championships. And I mean, he also, he also, he, he, he lived a pretty good light, nightlife too and has some pretty wild, they talked about how he never slept and how he partied and, and has some crazy, crazy lifestyle while he was uh, in the NBA. So just to be able to sit down with him and talk about his experiences in the NBA and some of his 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 stories from from his, his life would be unbelievable. And then uh, third, third would probably be Nick Saban. I mean, a fan fan of greatness yeah. definitely a fan of greatness and again he's a he's one of the, the the best winners of all time and i mean all these colleges are pouring a ton of money into their their programs really just to try and compete with alabama and to just to be able to sit down with him and talk about how he continually is great year in and year out and, and just the process of i know he's unbelievably detailed and focused and just talk about the process that he goes through every year to be to be one of the top two teams really every single year year in and year out no and i 100 percent agree with the michael jordan you know i as well as you are a huge michael jordan fan i actually grew up you know idolizing him you know i'm a little bit older than you but so for me i i'm we're totally on the same page with that one. I still think he's the greatest. I'm not taking anybody else. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And if we were being video, we would see that both myself and Coach Caulfield are, are rocking some Jordans today. Yep. This is an all Jordan podcast going on here. Sponsored by Jordan. You got feel free to send us. If anybody from the Jordan yeah. brand is listening, just feel free to send us some. Um, how about, I like this one a lot. If you could eliminate any, if you had a magic wand and you could eliminate any coaching practice, what would would you banish from anyone ever being able to do with athletes? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I think for for sure, especially I mean at the high school level, just placing. Obviously, we want we want our sports teams to have as much success as possible, and our athletes to have as much success as possible. But not placing such a precedence on winning over everything, especially with these young athletes, um, even going down to the Pop Warner teams where it's just so much precedence on winning, 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 and not on embracing the process of becoming better athletes and using using the, the strength and conditioning field, the weight room and sports to teach these athletes and these kids values that they can take on for life and not so I mean just especially at my level the high school level and the youth level just really using this avenue the weight room and sports to teach these kids real strong life principles and that being said I mean 
I'm not saying we don't we shouldn't place a value on uh, on winning because also as I'm as I was describing answering this question I'm also thinking about we we also need to get rid of all these um, participation trophies as yeah, well yeah, because yeah. the kids need to understand that you're going to have failures in life yeah. and you should not get rewarded and get an award for everything you do even right. if you don't have success at it so maybe two things don't place an over emphasis <laughs> on winning yeah. but don't devalue the importance of having success and winning and just everybody getting awards and trophies for just participating yeah love it man love it all right final question if you were not doing this current career what would you be doing if you were a totally different career path right now well i mean first off i mean if i was if i could choose any career i would probably be a pro basketball player but there you go obviously as most people most people that are involved in sports that their their initial aspirations were to be pro athletes but i mean if i if i wasn't if i wasn't a coach and wasn't a pro athlete i mean i think uh I think I enjoy I enjoy real estate and I mean I don't know about like being a realtor but I think I like looking at different different houses in different ways to flip them and and try and try and make some money with them which I don't do anything with real estate yeah, so yeah, yeah. so it's kind of weird for me to say that yeah. but uh, but I think if I think I, that would be something that would interest me is buying and selling real estate and flipping houses and just trying to I'm a competitor and I think that's that's that would fuel your competitiveness a little bit by trying to find the steals in the real estate market and sure. trying to flip them and and make some make a living off of them so yeah. that would be a that wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad profession but yeah. there's definitely yeah, yeah. there's definitely not a better profession than being a coach absolutely 100% agree agree uh, how about uh, people may have seen your uh, session this morning you put up some contact info what's the best way for people to reach out to you yeah for sure I mean my email address is my first name last name Kurtz K-U-R-T-Z Micah M-I-C-A-H at gmail.com and then try and be pretty active on social media uh, my Twitter and Instagram is both Kurtz M3 so definitely trying to catch up to uh to coach caulfield and some of these guys on their on their social media followers so hit me up follow me on social media i try and highlight my athletes on there it's definitely a great tool to use to connect with your athletes and really highlight highlight what they're doing and it it helps with with buy-in and ownership so uh, try and be pretty involved on social media so definitely twitter instagram email address um uh definitely if if you reach out to me i'd love to connect for sure yeah and absolutely again because you're also carol uh, south carolina state director so if people have questions about getting involved with the nsca high school strength conditioning strength conditioning overall check him out on social media get in touch with him uh thanks again for being on the show let's get back to this conference all right coach (laughs) i appreciate it this was the nsca's coaching podcast The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.